to my celestial design. My name is Annie Perry and I am your host. I'm a professional psychic, a seer, an interdimensional soul on a mission. A mission to help you remember where you came from, why you chose Earth, and how to access your divine light within. On this podcast, we explore stories of spiritual awakenings, psychic channeling, cosmic consciousness, and so much more. Let's go! Welcome back, beautiful beings of light. So excited to have you here with me again, especially as we close out this chakra series. We made it all the way through all seven chakras, and now we're ready to close out with the crown. So excited for that. Last week, I was so surprised how many people Right when I woke up, you know, I check my podcast, etc., to make sure that the podcast dropped, that it went through, all of that good stuff. And I was so surprised by how many people are in the middle of navigating their spiritual awakening or right at the beginning stages of it. It quickly became one of my most downloaded podcast episodes ever, which is wild. And I hope that that episode served you. I was kind of sitting there looking at the downloads thinking, oh my gosh, you know, and talking to my spirit guides and saying I had no idea that it would have such a big impact on people. I had no idea how many people were looking for that information. And we collaborated together, as always, to create something that I call Lumen. Lumen is three 60-minute sessions Each session has a theme. It is Awaken, Heal, and Grow. Three 60-minute sessions with me, so about six weeks working together with your spirit guides, channeling your aura, your chakras, where you're at with your energy blocks, how to unblock them, how to heal them, but also how to navigate your awakening and where you're at and how to go deeper into different healing modalities than I would normally have time to teach in a 60-minute or 90-minute session. And then, of course, growth. I teach you how to manifest, how to really understand and read energy, and how to be a conscious co-creator. Now, Lumen is, of course, a baby sister version of Luminary. Luminary, we spend six months together, so you really get, you know, from point A to point Z, and I teach you everything in between. It's for those who are ready for total mind-body-soul transformation, but if you're just at the beginning of your spiritual awakening and you're thinking about having a session with me, I would really encourage you to check out Lumen. It's an incredible quality for the price of it. You get three sessions with me. Each session is $148. Normally, a 60-minute session with me would be $199. So it's incredible opportunity. I don't know how long it will stick around. I don't know if I'll do it forever, if it will, you know, become one of my key session types but it felt really aligned. It felt really called for. It felt really purposeful and intentional. And that's how I like to work. That's how I like to create and be in flow with my session types and with what I'm serving and how I'm able to channel for you. I don't like stagnancy 
and I don't like things that feel outside of alignment. So something recently that came up was my quantum sessions just felt a little bit unaligned. My spirit guides were like, we don't really know about this session. It's not closing the loop for a lot of people, as in you're opening a big can of worms, giving them their entire soul history, where they came from, past lives, tapping into multiple past lives. But then we only have a few minutes to talk about how are you going to approach all of this information and heal. And so I've actually reeled that in. I'm no longer offering quantum sessions. If you want to work on soul history with me, it has to be in a celestial session or in Lumen, which gives us three different sessions to dig into not just your past lives, but into different healing modalities and how we approach that level of quantum information. I am definitely not just an earth channel. I'm a super galactic channel. I mean, I go all the way back to where your soul came from, all of the different planets that you've been on. I mean, it's just, it's a ton of information and it's sacred information. So I don't take it lightly. If you're interested in finding out more about Lumen or talking to me about it to see if it's right for you, definitely check out my website, mycelestialdesign.live. And I won't go into all of the other beautiful offerings on there, but there's so much coming through at the moment. If you're a listener to the podcast and you haven't checked out the website to see what tangible things are available to you, I highly, highly recommend that. I think something we do as spiritual seekers is we're like, I'm just going to figure it out on my own. I'm just going to figure it all out on my own. I'm going to listen to 50,000 million podcast episodes and try 12,000 different healing modalities. And I'm going to, you know, kundalini yoga myself into breath work, into meditation, into, you know, X, Y, and Z. And here's the thing. Spirit, your spirit guides, your higher self, whatever you believe in outside of yourself, puts the right people in your path for a reason. I had so many of those people put in my path and some of them I paid attention to and some of them I didn't pay attention to or didn't work with for so long. And I was like, why did I wait to do this when I could have collapsed an entire timeline? I could have quantum leaped if I had been willing to slow down or to really talk to someone, really get guidance, and of course, invest in myself. So with that being said, definitely check out the website and of course, jump onto my Instagram, mycelestialdesign.live. Honestly, the fun stuff that we're doing on there with community channeling and with getting guidance through question boxes and me being able to tap into wisdom or share wisdom with you, it is so incredibly valuable and worth it. It's worth making an account even if you don't use Instagram just to jump in and participate on those things. They happen on my story on there. Sometimes they happen during the week. They almost always happen on the weekend. And people are honestly getting their lives changed. They're getting activation codes. They're getting wisdom. They're getting connected with their spirit guides. They're getting signs and signals and all kinds of incredible quantum information. That's my job. I'm a channel. And if you're not taking advantage of it, I absolutely encourage you to do just that, to take advantage of 
someone's desire to serve in that way and to just take in everything that you can, all of the wisdom, all of the words. It's all coming from a higher place, a higher dimension. And it's really not to toot my own horn, I guess. It's really to just implore you to invest in yourself, to take the time to pick up the pieces being served to you, the breadcrumbs being served to you, because I won't be your guide or your teacher forever. I will be one of many, many people along your path and along your journey, and I really feel like you get so much more out of it when you're willing to engage with those role models, with those wisdom keepers, with those luminaries that are being put in your path. So I want to share really quickly Divine Download. This last weekend, I was doing a ton of shadow work. And it's funny that every time I think I'm done doing shadow work, I don't know why I would think I'm done because it's forever ongoing. But every time I think I've kind of plateaued, my guides are like, oh, just walk around this corner and you're going to see another huge like a mountain for you to climb in shadow work. And so what came up for me this past weekend was this entire identity, this entire energy that had been very sneaky, very flowing under the radar, under the current. It was so familiar that I almost didn't catch it. And it's taken me, you know, over two years to really identify it. I think that I had suspicion of this energy, which is a, it's a low vibrational energy. And I had suspicion that it was very sneaky, very blending in with everything in spirituality and it was actually coursing through all of my chakras, all of my body, all of my plans for the future, all of my work that I was doing. And it was really blending in. I mean, it was seriously blending in to where when I saw it, it's almost like when you're looking at one of those pictures and people are like, do you see the thing hidden in the picture? And you're like, no, I don't see it. And you have to like look at it from a certain angle. It was just like that. And this is what the energy was. It was the belief, right? So beliefs are energy that travel through our centers and implant themselves in certain centers. It was the belief of being good. The belief of being good. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I don't believe in good or bad. I think that they're human constructs. They serve us. They keep us safe on this planet. Obviously, we don't want to run around hurting other people or, you know, going over the speed limit, running red lights, stuff like that. We don't want to do that. We want to live in harmony. And so we create moral compasses, ideas like good and bad, good and evil. And that's something that's really kind of wreaked havoc in our own galaxy. But when you zoom out, in a cosmic perspective, in a perspective of oneness, with all of the dualities brought back to pure source frequency, there is no such thing as good or bad. There's no such thing as light or dark. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Our universe is not dualistic. It's only pretending to be. It's only pretending that there are dualities at play here. And I had this belief running through all of my different centers, 
operating in my business, operating in my everyday life, and especially in my plans for the future. And it was the belief of, I need to be good. I need to be a good person. I need to be good. And that belief had a lot of puritanical influence coming along with it. So puritanical culture teaches us to be a good person, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And that belief was blending in with spirituality so well of like, well, you know, I want to be a good person, so I'm going to spend all of my time teaching and helping other people, and I'm going to make all of these sacrifices, and I'm not going to want these things that I feel like are materialistic or are quote-unquote bad, etc. And those weren't, you know, actual thoughts in my head. It was the energy. It was the energy of that belief that had been implanted so deep and was blending in so well with spirituality that once I saw it, I was like, oh my god, I don't want to be good. (laughs) I don't want to be bad either. I want to be myself. I want to be exactly who I am. I want to honor all of my desires. I want to honor the fact that maybe I won't teach forever. Maybe I won't be in spirituality forever. Maybe I just want, you know, the example I used on my Instagram was a big house and Gucci bags. Maybe that's what I want. And it doesn't actually matter what you want. It only matters that you honor the desires, right? Because the desires are based in a higher vibration and they actually lift you into a higher vibration. So for example, if receiving something that I want, say it's a Gucci bag, and I receive that, it makes me so happy, it makes me so elated that it actually energizes all of my chakras and it opens all of them up, especially the divine feminine ones because I've received something that has to come in through that sacral chakra. And then I love it. It's something that I just really love and I just, it's so authentic to me. So that opens up that heart chakra, it opens up that solar plexus and all of that authenticity. Now, that single moment of receiving something that you truly desire and that is authentic to you raises your vibration and it raises the vibration of everyone around you. That's why it doesn't matter what you want, how you want it, or the concept of good or bad. It only matters the vibration. That's it. If it raises your vibration, it's for the good of this planet. If it lowers your vibration, say you receive it and you feel all this guilt and all of this shame and it's too expensive and I don't want to wear this and be seen with this, but I really like it. All of that is guilt and shame. And that's a lower, denser vibration that drags your aura down and the aura of everyone around you. So I just want you to take that and sit with that and see where the belief of trying to be good, trying to be a good person, I see this in clients as they're people-pleasing or they're sacrificing all of themselves for their family or their children. And it's like when you really look at the vibration or the energy If it's a low vibration, it's not serving you or your family or anyone around you or your clients. If it's in a high vibration, if it lifts you up to that high vibration, it is for the good of everyone around you. Energy never lies. People lie. (laughs) Interdimensional beings lie. That's true, especially if they're dark energy. But energy does not lie. And teaching you all how to read energy is one of my 
main missions. So I'm going to leave you with that. That's your divine download. Take it, journal it, dig in deep. Where are you trying to fit yourself into the good girl or good guy box? All right, we're going to jump in here to the crown chakra. This is our seventh chakra. This chakra is very, very, very different from all of your other centers. In some ways, you don't use it that much or you don't use it the way that you will use it in this density. It serves a primary receiving function that we'll talk about, but once you get into deeper densities of consciousness, you actually use that chakra to scan other beings and to read their energy. So this chakra is associated with the number seven, which is a very sacred number in our universe. We have the seven densities of consciousness, the seven chakras, the seven primary colors of the rainbow, and it goes on and on and on from there. This is our violet chakra. It is purple. So when I read for clients, it ranges anywhere from a very dark murky purple to a nice bright vibrant violet to a light lavender color. And it's etheric. It really is super, super etheric. This is your connection to source. And it represents perfect balance. Perfect balance. So it does not have necessarily an archetype the way that our other chakras do. I think that if it was going to have an archetype, it would be, you know, the seventh density, which is the angelic realm. We call these beings angels for all of, you know, human time because these are beings. This is a the last density of consciousness, and this is the point when we serve not just the higher self, but also all of our past incarnations as a protector. So the primary function of a seventh density being is to protect when possible and to guide when asked. Now, my angelic being doesn't do a ton of verbatim guidance, but she, which is a divine feminine being, is always available to me to come through this dimension. So what's different about the seventh density is that at that point in your journey of consciousness, you are so close to source once again that you have an enormous amount of energy available to you. Only this density of consciousness do the beings move through time, space, and dimension with ease. They're able to, I mean, now I have chills all over my body because she just entered into this dimension, right? Into the astral plane next to me. If she were to appear in the 3D, that's absolutely possible. Many, many people have seen angelic beings or white light or golden light beings before, and it costs them an incredible amount of energy to do that. So they don't do it very often. And I don't need her to do that to prove that she's here with me. But she moves through time, space, and dimension very, very easily. So if you've ever wondered, do I have a guardian angel? In a sense, yes. 
one of the reasons that I don't like calling them guardian angels is because I think we have way too many associations between the word angel and the puritanical belief systems, right, which don't align very much at all with the actual angelic realm or the seventh density realm. These are beings that you will become one day who resonate with peace frequency, which means that's their resting vibration. On the vibrational scale, that's 600. It's just below nirvana or enlightenment, which would be the pure return to source. But what's different from them in the puritanical belief system is that they're not here to push you around morally and get you to be a good person or punish you if you're a bad person. None of the angels that I have ever spoken to, and I speak to them in every single channeling session that I do, has ever said, you know what, they did a bad thing and now we're going to punish them ever. That's just not even in their wheelhouse. They don't experience those emotions anymore. They remember those emotions. They can identify those emotions. They do not experience them. It's too low a vibration. Judgment is way too low a vibration for them. They would never be able to stay as a seventh density being if they experience the feeling of judgment. They would actually lose their polarity. So I just want to make that distinction for you that they're not, you know, wielding swords of fire that are for cutting you into a million little pieces or punishing you or anything like that. They really, really are there to protect when asked. So I highly encourage anyone who ever feels fear to call on them to just say, hey, being, angel, spirit guide, whatever you want to call them that's comfortable for you, call on them and say, I'm feeling fear right now. Can you help me with this? They can actually send peace frequency into your crown chakra. Now, within the seventh density of consciousness, there's many, many, many different layers. And one of the more beginning to middle layers is actually being that guardian to previous incarnations of themselves. And then one of the later layers or stages is being what you and I would think of as an archangel, which is a planetary consciousness that uses their crown chakra combined together. So they're an enormous amount of energy. They use their crown chakra combined together to scan beings like you and I, to scan our chakras and to determine if we are ready to graduate into a deeper density of consciousness. And because they are so close to pure source frequency, and they are so deep in their journey of total consciousness, that they are the only ones qualified to see if a being is ready to graduate. And they have to graduate beings who are on the path of service to self, which you and I would think of as the dark side or the dark path, and beings who are service to others, the path of light. They graduate both of them. There's no judgment. There's no holding them back because they want to be a bad boy in the universe. There's nothing like that. They are completely and totally neutral in that regard. So the crown chakra, as you and I experience it, is actually much more similar to a funnel over the top of your head 
Some people see it elevated, lifted off of the actual physical body. I see it lifted up and off, but then also mixing in with the chemical body. And it honestly kind of just looks like a funnel. And the wide part of that is, of course, facing upwards and the narrower part towards your head. And it works in tandem with the third eye. So with the third eye, we reach out, we ask questions, we channel, we, you know, use our psychic gifts, we pray, etc. And the answers and information to the beings that you're reaching out to, which 99% of the time are your spirit guides, is coming back in through the crown chakra. So it's coming back in through that funnel. They're dropping those answers back into what you and I perceive to be our mind. But it's not the only place that you receive energy. You receive energy in through the back of your physical body, which would actually be the back of your energetic body. You receive energy into all of your different centers. You can receive energy up through your legs into the root chakra. You can receive energy from other people from the front of you. And you receive that primary energy through that crown chakra. So it's one of many, many ways that you are constantly receiving energy into your body. Now, where it gets a little tricky is we now live in a digital age and our crown chakra is responsible for something called attention. And no surprise, your attention is the most valuable thing on this planet right now. It is worth more than anything else. It's worth more than gold. It's worth more than diamonds. There are so many people, corporations, companies, etc. out there that are paying billions, trillions of dollars for your attention. And we're going to talk about that more, but I really want you to just understand that the crown chakra is extremely dynamic. There is a constant flow of multiple energies in and out through this center, in from above, in from on the side, in from things that you're reading, the information that you're intaking. You're using your crown chakra right now as you're listening. It's gathering all of this information in and it's sending it to different energy centers. So we're going to talk through the symptoms of a blocked crown chakra. Now, a blocked crown chakra is actually really, really rare. I have only ever read for one person that I was like, hey, your crown chakra is basically closed and that's why you're experiencing, you know, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, etc. And that's not a medical diagnosis, that's an energetic diagnosis. But I really, really only see this in individuals who have a lot or severe amount of religious programming. I think it's something about the fear that's inflicted in many religious religions or religious programming, I don't know, places. (laughs) But I think it's really just the amount of fear that causes us to close up that crown chakra. So say, for example, that you're afraid of God. Well, what do you do? You cower and you contract all of your energy. You're afraid of it. You're afraid of whatever being is out there that's out to get you or to judge you or to send you to hell, etc., etc. If you know my story, you know that I'm ever and always undoing years of intense religious programming, and I had no idea how closed my crown was. I have a really distinct memory, though, 
of sitting on the ground in my bathroom crying and asking God, if you're there, will you please, you know, make yourself known? Just anything. I was so desperate for anything and nothing came through. Nothing happened. And I was like, I'm either alone in this universe or I am hated by this being that is, you know, waiting to to judge me, etc. And when I went back and talked with my spirit guides about that, they were like, your crown was so closed and you were in such a low vibration that even our messages couldn't get to you. So it's really essentially closing your mind out of fear. Um, I think some other symptoms would just be rigid thinking, rigid beliefs, a very fixed perspective, not open-minded, not open to other people's opinions or beliefs. Someone who has been brainwashed, I would say, is definitely going to be someone who's experienced a closed crown, and that's not just with, you know, religion. There's all kinds of political brainwashing and other uh, types no ideas of their own. Someone who just doesn't have any ideas of their own, they're not connected to that stream of well-being or of source consciousness. And then no creative outlet. Someone who has no interest in doing anything creative. When we're creative, we are using that sacral chakra, we're using the solar plexus, and we're using the crown chakra to conceptualize, to think about what we want to create. Now, I think we've all been that person in art class who sat down and just put a bunch of paint all over it because we didn't really want to think about it, right? We didn't want to think about it means we didn't want to conceptualize it. Now, I think that there's, with all of our centers, various levels of a chakra that can be closed or not as open as it could be, not as active as it could be, not as healthy as it could be. So I really want to caution anyone who, you know, shares an idea with someone, it's not well received, and then you're thinking, well, they must have a closed crown chakra. And that's just not going to be the case. We all have various layers to where this crown chakra will be open to receive, especially from people around us. Now, what's much more common is an overactive crown chakra. And we're going to talk about this one much more extensively than the closed one because almost all of us have an overactive crown chakra. Our crown chakra is working over time to keep up with the amount of information that we are taking in all the time. I mean, you're scrolling on your phone, you're taking in 10 times the amount of information that the human body was designed for. So we always have to keep in mind that you are a mind-body-soul complex. Those three parts of yourself are always working together or at least trying to work together. If you listen to my last episode, Stages of Spiritual Awakening, you'll know that the veil really, really depleted the mind and soul connection to the physical body. But you're still in a body, and that's your primary vehicle on this planet. And that primary vehicle was designed for certain experiences 
now we are having experiences living in the digital age that this vehicle was not designed for. I mean, it's like taking your Astro van to the racetrack and it's like, what is happening? This is why so many people are suffering right now because we're in bodies that were not designed to take in this amount of information. So, you know, <laughs> the first symptom is intaking too much information. Someone who is overthinking constantly overanalyzing constantly, has constant mind chatter. This is one of the worst ones for me personally, especially because I have a podcast where I talk and I share ideas and concepts and teachings. I always have this running dialogue in my mind of what I'm going to say on the podcast. And ironically, none of it ever comes through because I'm basically channeling the entire time I'm doing this podcast. I'm not mind chattering. I think we've all had that situation where you're thinking about the conversation that you want to have or the conversation that you should have had, conversation you would have, and it's just that constant mind chatter. It just never ends. It's an ongoing reel of running thoughts. An overabundance of ideas. This one I see all the time, especially if you're a creative, especially if you are artistic or you're a business owner or you want to be a business owner. You've got tons and tons of ideas that are flooding in because you're using your third eye to ask for ideas. You're like, ah, I want to have a business. Ah, I want to have a new creative idea. And so you're receiving in all of these ideas. But when we have imbalances in other energy centers, those ideas can't move from the crown through the other energy centers. They have to move all the way down to the root chakra in order to manifest in the 3D reality. So an overabundance of ideas that never fully manifest, someone who is ruminating all the time, someone who is experiencing anxiety, which means you are constantly using your third eye and your crown chakra to tap into uncertain futures. And they're usually timelines that are fear-based. And so we start to get anxiety. I mean, we don't want to go to the store because of the bad thing that might happen because something bad happened there before. We're tapping into uncertain fear-based timelines and then we're reliving them over and over and over. That's what anxiety is. And I would also throw in there too that Anxiety is an overactive crown chakra, an overactive third eye that we're not sure how we're using it. We're not aware that we're tapping into timelines, but then also having a wounded or blocked root chakra really makes it so much worse. That's the exact energetic diagnosis that I had when I was going through anxiety and on anxiety medication. Again, that is not a medical diagnosis. Please talk to your doctor. Don't you know, throw all your medication away because the psychic told you on a podcast that you just need to like get grounded. You need to do the energetic work and then you need to, in a healthy way, work with, of course, your doctor, your 3D doctor. Uh, depression, overactive crown chakra and a blocked sacral chakra. Probably also a blocked third eye in there kind of thrown on top. You're not able to conceptualize a better future for yourself. So you keep ruminating over the past and over negative things that have ha happened in the past. Of course, when our sacral center is blocked, we don't have access to that creativity that we need in order to create a new future, in order to create a new self, in order to want to get out of bed every day. And then, of course, 
The last one is burnout. Burnout. We have our attention divided between so many things. And I know I already said this, but I'm going to say it again. This body, this physical body was not designed to take in this much information. There is a reason why your brain only operates at 10% of its capacity. Because if you started operating at 100% capacity, I guarantee you that this physical body would not be able to handle it. So with our attention divided in so many different places and our attention as a form of currency now, really, we are experiencing more and more burnout because we are just taking in way too much information. We're using way too much of our energy to just think. To be constantly thinking and stimulating all day is exhausting. And then we run on empty in our other energy centers. And I'm 100% guilty of this. You know, I use digital tools like Instagram and my website for my business and I have to be on there and I catch myself all the time scrolling, 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 taking in way too much information, even if it's spirituality or life advice or whatever it is, there is a limit, a threshold to how much we can actually take in physically. So I want to talk about what a balanced crown chakra feels like before we get into different healing modalities. A balanced crown chakra can only occur when someone is grounded. Because if you just think of your body for a second, or you think of the seven chakras stacked on top of each other, and you see that you are taking in information, not just quantum information, which would be ideas, wisdom that you're downloading, moments of inspiration, conceptualization for different, you know, creativity or at work, etc. All of that's coming in. You're pulling that from the quantum field in through your crown chakra, But then you also have all of the digital information on your cell phone, on your computer, you have your family, you have your friends, all of those people around you that need your attention. All of that energy is coming into your other centers, but primarily into the crown chakra because we, how do we communicate? We use our cell phone, we use email, we use, I don't know, Slack. I hate Slack. I I can't stand it. it. Drove me crazy at my last job way too much information, but we use all of these different ways to communicate with each other that are sharing energy primarily through the crown. And since your energetic body is like a battery, there needs to be a plus and a minus. There needs to be an input and an output. And thankfully, that's already built into your energetic body and your physical body, which is grounding, which is your root chakra. So that energy you're taking in through the crown can travel down your centers very lightning fast along your spine, and it can actually dispel itself out through your feet, out through the root chakra. And the easiest way that we do this is time in nature. I think if you check in on many, many successful people, they will all tell you, I get up in the morning and I go for a walk. Or I take a break in the middle of the day and I go for a walk outside in nature. I spend some sort of time out in nature. That's how they're able to be successful because they have a constant flow of energy. They don't have an overactive crown chakra and a blocked root chakra. Nothing in their life would be able to manifest in the 3D if that was the case. 
So when we ground our root chakra, we spend time outside in nature, we allow that first density, which is all four elements, to cleanse and clear our energy, we actually have a free flow. And we clear out all of this excess information in the crown. So in order to have a balanced crown, you have to have a grounding, some sort of grounding practice first. And what you'll feel is clear thoughts, clarity that lead to a destination, thoughts that have a starting point and a destination point. They aren't just pieces of a puzzle. This used to happen to me all the time when I had a lot of root chakra work to do is that I would get an idea, but it would be like a half-formed, half-ass idea or it wouldn't really make any sense, or it wasn't aligned, or it wouldn't come through fully. I was just getting pieces of the puzzle because I wanted inspiration. I wanted ideas, but if I didn't have that grounding, it didn't have anywhere to fully form itself. So when you are grounded and in flow with your crown chakra, you're going to feel those fully formed ideas beginning to end. You're going to feel clarity of thought. You're going to have clear conversations with your spirit team, with source, with the people around you. You're going to be able to focus your attention on a single thing. So many people are wondering why they can't meditate. Why can't I meditate? Well, have you tried meditating outside where you are grounding in nature, dispelling that excess energy that probably came from your cell phone, and then trying to meditate with a clear mind? So clarity of thought, clear conversations, you're able to focus and concentrate on what you're doing. Someone who is present you're present. You're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. You're here and you're present and you're in the now. I bet if I read for Eckhart, he would be, you know, have like the greatest root chakra of all time because he's so present. He's so in this moment and that requires a lot of grounding. What do we do when we ground? We're here. We're in this moment. We're on this planet. We're in this body. And then we have someone who can have healthy conflict right? Have you ever gotten into conflict and then you go into fight or flight or whenever people, you know, are confrontational, you freeze up or you want to run away or you can't think straight and then afterwards you're like, oh, I should have said this and this and this. And really what that is, is that lack of grounding in the root chakra. I swear that this episode is actually about the crown chakra, but you'd be shocked by how much they work together. I mean, they're the plus and the minus of your energetic body. And really that ability to have healthy conflict will serve you so well, especially if you work in social media or you work in a place where there's a lot of shadow, there's a lot of people coming for you all the time. You've got to have that ability to think quickly and clearly in conflict. And then lastly, we have someone who can conceptualize without attachment, which means that you can download a fully formed idea, say it's for your work or for a team, etc. You can download that fully formed idea, but you don't attach to it, right? You don't have that, if they don't pick my idea, then I'm worthless, etc. means that that conceptualization is moving through the solar plexus down into the root chakra without having a bunch of attachment to it, without having your self-worth attached to it. It's a free flow of energy. And then, of course, we have someone who has thoughtful observations 
in conversation. I used to struggle with this all the time. I was so outside of my body. I didn't know how to have small talk. I didn't know how to really interact with people. And now that I have focused on grounding myself every day, focused on taking in a lot less information to my crown chakra, I find that I have much more thoughtful observations to offer to people and thoughtful conversation, which means, you know, going a little bit past (laughs) small talk or, hey, how are you, but really being thoughtful. And to be thoughtful, you have to be present. You have to be aware of what's going on around you. Can't have your head in the clouds. You can't have your head in your cell phone or in the future or in the past or in a totally different place on this planet. You have to be here in the present moment in order to have thoughtful observations. And then, of course, someone who is not entrapped by a single belief system. So, like I said earlier, when we have that closed crown chakra, it's almost always due to a very oppressive belief system that is fear-based and causing us to contract all of our energy. When we open up our energy and when we feel that freedom of thought, we can then move around and interact with other ideas, other belief systems. We can bring them in, conceptualize them, think about them, not attach to them, and let them pass through us. And that brings me lastly to just someone who's open to new ideas, someone who's open to new perspectives and beliefs or, you know, concepts. And you can have deep conversations about different kinds of things without feeling like you need to validate them or you need to believe the same thing or you need to attach to that idea. You're just conceptualizing. You're just using that crown chakra as its own little engine and then you're releasing the energy and letting it go. So how do we get to that place of balance? I just want to start off by saying that because your attention has become currency and is the most valuable thing on this planet right now, which is just crazy to me, but I guess it should be no surprise because attention is energy. But I want to say that you are going to be clearing out that crown chakra every single day especially if you use a cell phone or computer or you have to go to work and interact with other people, you are going to be clearing this crown chakra every single day. And it is so important to have some sort of grounding ritual or practice, which can be as simple as time in nature, a clean living space, somewhere with plants around you. Again, that first density, which is the elements, Its job, its function on this planet is to clear and cleanse the energy of the inhabitants, which is you and I. So spending time out in nature or even if you can just get a plant and have a plant at your bedside while you're sleeping, it will actually clear out excess energy. Another tool that I use is actually flower remedies which is a vibrational medicine, again, from that first density, the elements from plants. And I use flower remedies and they have been so incredibly gentle and yet powerful and supportive to my own energy because I'm constantly reading other people's energy, taking that on, jumping in and out of people's auras. So I definitely need that support. If you identify as someone who is empathic or psychic 
or sensitive, I very, very, very much recommend getting acquainted with flower remedies. And hopefully this one is not a surprise, but intaking less information. I mean, this is the number one way to clear up that crown chakra and get it nice and centralized. When I see someone who has an overactive crown chakra, which I would say is 90% of my clients, their crown chakra, instead of having that nice funnel on the top of their head, it the funnel has collapsed and they're all around their head in their aura is just all of this purple, you know, violet, lavender, all of this, you know, coloring flooding around their aura because they're constantly thinking. They're thinking and they're overthinking and they're conceptualizing and they're on their phone and it's just like a never-ending spinning wheel. So if you want to re-centralize that crown chakra, we have to start taking in less information. I'm definitely speaking to myself right now because I take in a lot of information. But I want to say this, I don't think you're ever going to get away fully from taking in information, especially in the digital age. So my advice to you is to identify what information you're taking in that's low vibrational, that is not serving you, that is actually harming you, and that is fear-based vibrations, which I think we can all agree is most of the news. The news in this world is all fear-based vibration because they know that you'll click on it And guess what? Your attention is currency and they're all vying for that currency. They all want that click. They all want that dollar. So they sell fear. And you can approach that any which way that you want. But for me, I just picked one news outlet that was as neutral as possible and I check it as little as often only to be informed of things going on in this planet and not to attach to any of them. And I don't follow people or interact with people on social media or digitally. I don't even answer phone calls from people who are in a certain low vibration that I'm just not willing to take in their energy. So when we really become masters of energy, it's identifying what is the vibration that I'm about to receive from this person or from this interaction or from this piece of information And you have to discern for yourself if you are willing to take in those low vibrations. Next, we have, of course, starting a meditation practice. My advice for meditation is to never start with trying to think about nothing. You will just get frustrated. I definitely recommend finding guided meditations. You can get some on my website. You can get them on YouTube. Start with those. Start with someone who's going to guide you into a place of focused relaxation or focusing on something specific. Even just listening to binaural beats and meditating or journaling will help you clear out that crown chakra. The next one that I have here is to slowly train yourself to stop identifying with your thoughts. It's taken me, again, just over two years to really embrace and to try out and to get better at this practice. It's not going to come overnight that you're like, I'm just not going to identify with my thoughts anymore. But I think something we don't understand about the human mind, right, or the brain, if you will, is that it is a supercomputer. It's a supercomputer. 
and it's interacting with your mind, your ego, which is I, and then it's also interacting with the energetic or the soul, which would be the crown chakra. And (laughs) when we don't understand how they work or who's talking or who's running the show, we start to identify with every single feeling or thought that comes up. Now, the supercomputer brain is never going to turn off. It's not going to turn off from the moment you're born to the moment that you die. It's on when you're sleeping. It's on when you're zoned out. It's on when you're meditating, etc. It's not going to turn off, which means that you have to learn how to understand and observe it because you are the awareness of your thoughts. You are the observer of them. And that supercomputer is just running old scripts. It's running old scripts. It's running old programming. It's running everything that you learned when you were a child and your ego and identity of this lifetime was formed and you brought in all of your own soul trauma and your own personality from source and everything melded together and no one explained how any of it works. It's just running old programming. It's just running old scripts. So half of those thoughts, they're not even your thoughts. That voice in your head, most of the time, it's not even your head voice. It's actually the voice of one of your caretakers on repeat because your brain recorded it as programming. And if you want to become a master of energy a master of your mind, a master of your mind-body-soul complex, a master manifester, one of the key steps is realizing that it's just programming and stepping back from it and being able to observe it, to observe the way that the energy is flowing, to observe the beliefs that you have about yourself, to observe that head voice and the way that you talk to yourself, or actually I would say the way that it talks to you, because you are not it. You are the awareness. You are the soul having the physical experience. That mind and that script and all of that programming, when you die, all of that's gone. Now, some of the vibrational trauma might stick around, but that running script, it's gone. You're not going to have that head voice again in the next lifetime. You're not going to have the same avatar. You're not going to have the same experiences. So it does little to serve you to identify with all of the programming, with all of the scripting, unless it's something that you've consciously chosen. Now, this might be your first time hearing about reprogramming. This might be your millionth time hearing about reprogramming, especially if you're a friend of mine. But seriously, that brain of yours, it's a supercomputer running old programming. And when you step back from it, you start to see it and you start to say, oh, now I get it. Now I see that that's the voice of my caretaker. That's the voice of someone who is around me during my formative years. And maybe they didn't have the best intention or maybe they didn't have any awareness of themselves and imprinted things that don't serve me as an adult. Once you become aware of it, Now you are free to put in your own programming, to do away with the old programming. I do this, I've been doing it a lot more lately, but I do this probably weekly with my higher self, is that I sit down and I ask for a belief light code. It's just what they call it and I call it now a belief light code. A small snippet of programming that I can implant myself, that I can sovereignly choose 
to serve me for as long as it does. Maybe that's my whole life. Maybe it's not. Maybe the programming will need editing in the future. And that's okay because I don't identify with any of it. I know that it's not me and it's not going to stay with me through all of my upcoming lifetimes, but I can put in those new beliefs that I choose and they change my entire energy. They change my mind. They change my physical body. They change the way that I see myself, the way that I talk to myself. They change that inner head voice and thus they change my own energy, my own aura, my own chakras, etc. So a lot of the time when we're talking about healing, healing a chakra, you know, undoing trauma, nurturing your inner child, etc. You're using crown energy to go into that other chakra and to work with it in tandem for your own healing. And most of the time, what it requires is new programming. So take that with you. Take that with you into the next time that you have to sit down with yourself, to journal, to meditate, to observe yourself, to observe your thoughts, and start to ask yourself, whose voice is this? Whose words are these? Who be- whose beliefs are these? Who gave me this? Who gave me this? You received all of that programming unbeknownst to you, which means you don't have to keep any of it. And it's probably time to clear out the energetic closet of your mind. All right, souls, my last two recommendations for balancing and healing up that crown chakra is going to be journaling. I'm a huge fan of journaling, of brain dumping, of getting thoughts down on paper, especially if you have a lot of ideas, a lot of concepts, put them on paper first, allow them to sit, get grounded, see if you can bring them through into your 3D reality. Some people don't like journaling, and so I always recommend to them being a voice memo person, speaking to yourself in a voice memo, how you would want to be spoken to, or all of your ideas, all of your dreams, very, very powerful to use sound vibrations for energy healing. Last but not least, exercise. When we exercise, our crown chakra closes up because we are focusing on something and it requires our body's attention, our mind's attention. And so our energy has the opportunity to clear itself out, to close up into that really nice funnel shape on the crown chakra as you concentrate on something that's engaging mind, body, and soul. I think if you already have an exercise practice that you can probably agree. I feel so much better after I exercise. I feel like I have a clearer mind. Whenever I get, you know, upset or distressed, I go for a run and it makes me feel so much better. If you're that person, that's awesome. It is a hundred percent working. It's definitely something I have to make myself do, but I do feel the energy shift and I do read the energy and what's happening and going on in my own mind-body-soul complex when I'm exercising. And I can tell you that the benefits for your energy are incredible. I mean, that's what the entire yoga, yogi philosophy is founded on, connecting mind-body-soul through yoga. All right, beautiful souls. 
I hope that this episode was helpful to you. If you want to find out how your energy is looking, you can always book a session with me. A soul session is a channeled energy reading. We'll go through and look at all of your energy centers and where you can begin working healing now. If you enjoyed this episode or any of my episodes, please send it to a friend. That is how most people have found me through a recommendation. And I absolutely love when you reach out to me on Instagram or via email through my website. Let me know how the podcast has impacted you. I will see all of you on the next one.